All right. Well, happy weekend, everybody, and uh, happy December. It is Christmas time, whether you like it or not. Hopefully, you do like it. Uh, you know, the uh, Christmas trees are starting to go up. I'm starting to see around our neighborhood. People are putting up lights, and you know, we've got a wreath on our door. And uh, you know, it's really a great time to uh, be festive and to enjoy and to celebrate. And by the way, this weekend we are continuing our series called A Season of Celebration. And uh, just one note I really I wanted to mention is that today is Communion Sunday. So hope that you have your elements with you. We're gonna take communion together. Um, but you know, we've been talking about this season of celebration. And you know, I did hear some uh, remarks or some questions. You know, hey, if we're, if we're celebrating uh, the, during this time when it's you know, the shutdown of COVID, are we just kind of denying the reality, and I thought, you know, that's really an interesting question, you know, but I wouldn't want to uh, encourage us or, or try to tell us, hey, why don't we just kind of like uh, celebrate and try to kind of like hide or cope with the realities of the situation or the circumstances we're in. No, absolutely not. I believe that this is a time that we should celebrate no matter uh, what's going on in our world. Why? Because we have a reason to celebrate. It's not because of all the opportunities or the things that we've done before, the festivities. It's not even all about those things, but it's really that we've been given the greatest gift of all, our relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, celebrating uh, the, the uh, baby Jesus, our Messiah has come, our Savior has come, and, uh, you know, that, that gives us reason to celebrate. And so this weekend, I wanted to talk about one of the greatest implications of this season of celebration. It, it's about keeping the peace. Did you know that one of the greatest reasons or one of the greatest results of Christ coming here on earth, uh, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, is that he has given us peace? Did you know that? Yeah, if you read the story uh, of Christ's birth, that's really one of the gifts that he's given us. You know, but so many of us are actually used to Christmas times not looking like a season of peace. In fact, I was listening to a couple of Christmas songs. I cranked up the Christmas music just around, you know, Thanksgiving. And uh, you know, I thought about, you know, some of the, the, the Christmas songs that typically, or the Christmas songs that typically uh, resonates with me or looks most like uh, my Christmas and a lot of other people's Christmas is that, you know, that Christmas song, you know, we need a little Christmas. You know that one that goes, you know, haul out the holly, you know, put up the spirit, you know, fill up the stocking, or write this merriment, candles in the window, carols in the Yes, we need a little Christmas. You know, and it becomes this, like, we need to get Christmas ready. We need Christmas, you know, and it's all this sort of busyness and this rush to make Christmas happen. Does that resonate with you? But you know what? Uh, one of the Christmas songs that I believe that should uh, reflect the season of Christmas that we're in, the season of celebration, is a lot more like this. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Isn't that a better description, a more accurate description of what Christmas should be like? It's really focused on Christ rather than focused on the festivities. You know, so many of us are used to being focused on the festivities that we're, we're, we're so used to the rush. We're so used to just trying to, just trying to pull Christmas off rather than trying to allow uh, the spirit of Christmas, which is Christ, to actually impact us, to rest on us, and to cause peace in our hearts. Did you know this, that this sleep in heavenly peace is a description of 
perfect peace. It's a description of perfect peace. But where does it come from? Well, it comes from Christ. Christ being here on this earth. God gave us the gift of Jesus. And because of Jesus, we have peace. And so what I'm saying is that the season of celebration is really not to distract us or to celebrate as a way of coping or hiding or stuffing any pain or hurt or discomfort that we might be feeling. But it's a season of celebration that's not only about the dancing and the singing and the feasting, but it's also about the peacekeeping. Because that's one of the greatest gifts that God has given us through Jesus, who's come here to be with us. You know, this Christmas culture that many of us are so used to is a, bit, is a busy one, isn't it, typically? But the promise of the Messiah is a peaceful one. Even though we're, experienced, we're used to a cultural Christmas that's busy and rush, 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 the promise of the Messiah is actually for peace. The book of Isaiah is a prophetic message about the coming of the Messiah Jesus. And here's what it says in the book of Isaiah. You will keep in perfect peace those whose mind are steadfast because they trust in the Lord. You know, that is really the promise of the Messiah. That as we keep our eyes and our hearts and our minds fixed on him, then we actually enter into a perfect peace. That's what we are promised. But so many of us, when we go into Christmas, do we experience perfect peace? No, so many of us are used to the rush and the struggle and sometimes the pressure that Christmas brings. You see, Jesus is our promise of perfect peace. And it's, it's so funny, we can sometimes miss out the reason for the season, miss out on the peace that Christ wants to give us because of our typical busy uh, Christmas seasons. This message is choosing that this season, the season of celebration, to keep our minds steadfast on Christ, that we would obtain that perfect peace, that we would have that perfect, perfect peace in Christ. You know, the first Christmas, first Christmas, Jesus being born, you know, uh, it, it, was, it was interesting how much uh, uh, just a tumultuous culture and, and a very a political, this political landscape a very difficult time that people were going through. You know, could you imagine that, you know, right around the, this time, Christmas time or whatever, you, you, you have to kind of uh, up and leave and go to your, your birthplace? Where you have to go there and you have to, 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 to kind of to walk there and you'd have to just, you know, go there to, to take the census? You know, for me, you know, especially, you know, assume you don't have a car and all that kind of stuff and you know, I'd have to go to Fairfield, you know, which I don't even know how many miles away. It's like 50 miles away. And I have to go to Fairfield and hopefully knock on the Motel 8 and hope that it would, you know, uh, hope, hope they'd have a place, you know, for me. But, you know, in this story where Joseph and Mary, they, they go to, you know, their uh, home place or home birth, you know, Bethlehem. And, and they're there uh, to, to hopefully uh, do their census. With, you know, Mary's with child. Um, they're not able to find a place at the inn. Talk about a stressful situation. Talk about a difficult time that they were in. There was almost this political upheaval. But in the midst of all that crazy, all that chaos, the Lord God brings perfect peace through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Let me tell you the story. Uh, and, and this is kind of a real, just I guess, a snippet or a portion of the story. Is that right after Jesus was born... Uh, the Lord comes where uh, the, the shepherds, or actually the angel comes, where there are shepherds that were out in the fields, and they were nearby, and they're keeping watch of their flocks. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and in the glory of the Lord shone around them, they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring good news uh, that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Check this out. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Yeah, those are the greatest promises of uh, Jesus coming into this world, into our world was peace on whom his favor rests. It says it also this way, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You know, it's important for us to remember that peace didn't fall on the rulers or the government at that time. You know, if I was God, which I'm not, obviously, if I was God, I think I would have been a little bit more strategic and I would say, let's have some, the angels go to the rulers who are causing all this challenge this uh, you know, upheaval, Herod, who's all, you know, uh, uh, insecure about his leadership. You know, let's have the, the angels go to them to kind of give them a sense of peace. But he doesn't do that. What does he do? He, he goes to some to shepherd boys, and that's who he, he shows up. That's who he sends angels to. You know, it's important for us to remember that it's actually not, that Jesus didn't bring, bring peace on the whole land and all people, but instead it fell on those who uh, had favor in the favor of the Lord. Th- those who were believing, those who were, were uh, open to God, those who were looking to God, those who, uh, and, and so we can actually take that personally and say, you know, peace, this favor of God falls on those who are worshipers of him, followers of him, who desire him. That's who the peace of God uh, falls on. It isn't following everybody. It isn't following us and that who we think would be strategic people for, for the fallen, but, it's, but, it, but it falls on hearts who are open to God. You know, our promise, our inheritance is peace. Waiting for a world to have world peace is <laughs> just, it's, it's kind of like, you know, a chase in the wind. You're never going to get to it. And that's why I always kind of crack up in all these, you know, um, beauty pageants. They always kind of wish for a world peace because, you know, it's like, you know, they're, they're, it, that's not really the, the plan of the Lord, is it? The world is actually, uh, promised turmoil. The world is actually promised challenge, but to those who have Christ, have peace. Uh, you know, Mary, I, read, I I love this part when she's actually uh, uh, watching all this happen. The shepherd boys, you know, come and they're worshiping and they're wanting to see, you know, the baby. You know, she, what she does is she treasures all of these things in her heart. You know, I just think about the importance of pondering and treasuring the birth of Christ. That sometimes it's easy just you know, for some of us who are Christians or know the story just to kind of gloss over it. But Mary took the time to treasure it. And I thought to myself, you know, in order for us to receive the peace of Christ in this season, we've got to take time. We've got to ponder. We have to treasure and to see the value of Christ, the Messiah, uh, and his resurrection power in us. Because guess what? There's calamity. There's tribulation. There's struggles out there. But for us, we receive an unfathomable peace and again, celebration in the midst of uh, a similar, maybe similar challenge, similar struggle that maybe that they were going through during this time. So the question then is that how do you have peace in the midst of a scary environment? Some of us are experiencing a, a scary environment. Some of us have difficult environments. Some of us are going through difficult things personally. 
So the question is, is how do you have peace, especially going into the season of celebration, the season of Christmas, uh, how do you have peace in the midst of the scary environment? You know, it's important for us to go back to this story and remember this verse. It says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Here's a few things I think that we should mention or that we need to kind of take note of from this verse. The first thing is this, is that we need to remember that Jesus is our rescuer. Acts 4.12 says this, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men, which we, have, which we must be saved. We must remember that through the name of Jesus, through Jesus, we have been saved. We have been offered salvation. He is our promised rescuer. Fear not, that was the words. Fear not. It wasn't just a, a don't be afraid in this moment, even though I think that the, that the moment kind of shocked these, these shepherd boys when, when these angels showed up. The angel was, uh, was speaking uh, to a different fear, not just the fear of, of, uh, of them showing up. He says, don't be afraid uh, because we bring great, noise, uh, great, great news that will bring joy to all the people, to all mankind, to all people. So what he was speaking to, he didn't say, um, "Fear not, we're not going to harm you." He said, "Fear not, we're going to we're bring, we bring good news that will bring joy to all people. That a savior has been born." You know what he's saying is that we're all we're actually saying, "Don't be afraid," because there's actually uh, he's also speaking to a spiritual fear, a spiritual oppression, uh, a fear of calamity. And a fear of consequence, a fear of death, and a prevailing sin and hardship and pain. I have great news. A Savior has been born, was speaking to the spiritual depravity of mankind. You know, fear not, a Savior has been born means that there is uh, a, the promise that a rescuer has uh, come to rescue us from our struggle, our tribulation, our calamity. Peace on earth has to do with peace who is Christ, has come to earth, not, uh, not bringing world peace. That wasn't the promise. It wasn't the promise to bring world peace. It was the, the, the promise to bring peace uh, to us through Christ, those who believe, those who uh, on whom his favor rests. Jesus will not bring world peace, but instead he promises salvation from a difficult, a struggling, a painful, and a broken world. You know, it's, it's important for us to remember that God doesn't always, uh, the plan isn't to necessarily cause all storm across the board and our world uh, to, 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 to be calm, but instead he's, he's uh, promised to, be, to, to rescue us from the storm. It's like we've heard, you know, in so many stories, you know, miners that have been stuck and, and those who have been caught in winter storms and, and there's been a, a, a great rescue that has um, actually had to do with people uh, staying calm through a difficult situation. Have you ever heard one of those stories? Somebody gets stuck in some, you know, mine or some uh, winter, you know, uh, storm, and because they were able to stay calm, they were able to be rescued. They didn't panic, they didn't stress out, they didn't do something foolish. You know, the same is true for us as Christ followers that we can actually have peace sometimes in the midst of tribulations and challenges, knowing and believing that we have a rescuer. We have a Savior that has been promised to us. This is very different 
than, you know, the story of the disciples, you know, actually. And I, and I think that this story of us being promised a rescuer, who is Jesus, was actually uh, shown for us or taught, you know, through us because of, you know, because of how the, 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 the disciples reacted. Do you guys remember a storm that they went through? Yeah, they were actually out on this boat with Jesus. They were out on this boat, and Jesus was sleeping, and, uh, you know, a storm arose. This big storm, they all started to, to get scared. They're freaking out. They're ready to jump ship, and they woke Jesus, woke Jesus up and said, we're perishing, we're perishing. And then he gets up, and he just says, you know, peace be still. He calms the storm, and then he looks at the disciples and says, hey, you guys got little faith. You guys got small faith here. You see, uh, Jesus calms the storm and tells them that they have little faith. You know, I used to think in this story that, man, Jesus must have been just so dog-tired, you know, that he just slept through the storm, and then he told the disciples that they had little faith because he was grumpy that they woke him up. I just kind of thought that, you know, but I don't think that that's really the truth. Uh, you know, having peace, what Jesus was saying was that he was sleeping in the storm, and he was at peace in the middle of the storm because he is the Savior. He was at peace because he was the Savior. And what he's saying is that uh, the disciples, you should have peace because I'm the, the, the Savior. And therefore, we as disciples of Christ, Christ followers, ought to also have peace because he's the Savior. Even in the midst of storms, challenges, tribulations, we can have peace because Jesus is the Savior. And he, is that, he, has, been, he has been given that promise to us. That promise has been given to us uh, through Jesus, through the, through the Messiah. And he says, you have little faith means you, you panic when we already have heard the good news that a rescuer is on the way. And that's why number two, we need to remember this. We have been given good news. We've been given good news. These things I have spoken to, this is, comes out of John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's good news. Yes, we're going to have tribulation, but yes, Jesus has overcome the world. That means that there will be tribulation, but Jesus has overcome. You know, the process of the journey that we're going to be on will have its mess. The, the, the seasons that we go through will have its challenges. We will experience storms and hardships and struggles. That's going to be a part of it. But the good news is, is that Jesus has overcome. It means that we will have a messy journey, but we know the end of the story. You know, my wife and my son, Hudson, whenever we get into a story, a movie or a book or something like that, and we get to a difficult part, we get to a hardship, we get to a challenge, uh, they both have the same thing that they do. They say, I want to find out what happens at the end. So we literally, a lot of times, will stop a movie and fast forward it and to find out how the story ends. It's just like the, 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 the struggle, the, 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 the tribulation, the, the emotion that goes with it. It's kind of difficult because they want to know the story. So I, I promise you, my wife, whenever she gets a book, she reads the last page first. Very interesting. You know, but I think that that is actually uh, what, what the Lord has done for us as we go through problems and ch challenges and tri tribulations during certain chapters of our life. He reminds us, of the end of the story. He reminds us of the last page and how it ends. So it helps us to live today with the peace knowing what's going to happen at the end. You know, it kind of reminds me, or it's kind of, a, for me, it's, 
this is going to be best illustrated is if, you know, we were stranded on an island together. You know, God forbid, whoever's listening, all of us, you know, we're stranded on an island, you know, and there's, you know, our group, you know, you're, we're, we're a group and there's kind of like another group, you know, we're all kind of got stranded. I don't know how we got there. That's not really important, but we got there, you know, and the first news that we received, is, um, it, it might take a little while, but was to, to don't be afraid guys. I know you guys are stranded, but guess what? A rescuer is coming. A rescue boat is coming. Okay. So don't be afraid. Okay. That's the, the first news we got. The first news was good news. That means that all other news that we get needs to be in light of the good news, right? Whatever, whatever other news comes our way, we need to keep it with the lens of the perspective that the good news is, is that a rescuer is coming. So if somebody comes from that other group and comes along and says, hey guys, uh, the winds are starting to pick up. They're gonna start to come through. We're, gonna, we're all gonna be cold. You know, it's like, okay, the winds are going to pick up, and even though it could be true, it's kind of bad news. Yeah, okay, we might be cold for a little while, but guess what? We know that a rescuer is coming. So anyway, wind picks up, it gets cold, but we know a rescuer's coming. A little while later, same guy from that same group. Hey, guys, uh, there's storm clouds rolling coming in. It's going to rain on us. Okay. Bad news. might be true news. Bad news, but guess what? I'm looking at that news in light of the first news, which is the good news, that a rescuer's coming. So we might get wet, but we know a rescuer's coming. A little while later, same guy from that same group, I know, comes over. Guys, we're running out of food. We're all going to be hungry. <laughs> might be true. Bad news might be true that we're going to be a little bit, a little bit hungry, but we're going to take that news in light of the first news, which is the good news that a rescuer is coming. That means that, yeah, we might, it might be cold. We might get wet. We might be hungry. But guess what? We know a rescuer is coming. That means we can go through these trials and these tribulations and these struggles and these challenges knowing the end of the story. A little while later, that guy comes back. Guys, we're all going to die. And that's when you go, that's not true. That's not true. Because we know that our rescuer is coming. We know that they're coming. And you know what? This illustration is really how we need to process the news that comes our way. The bad news that comes, the bad news that comes, the bad news that comes. The sky is falling, the sky is falling. Guys, we need to take all of this news and process or through the lens of the first news, the good news that we know at the end of the story, a rescuer is coming. We've been promised salvation. Jesus here on earth has given us the promise that he is our savior. He, will, he saves us from our calamity. He saves us from our difficulty. He saves us from our challenge, our problem, and the chaos that we experience here on earth. That's why it's like, yeah, we might hear some bad news, but we always take the bad news in light of the good news. Jesus' birth, the Messiah, is the first news and the good news. All other news needs to be brought in scope through the lens of that, that good news. Yes, the world does have calamity, yes. It has disease, yes. It has hurt, yes. It has pain, yes. Tribulation, brokenness, and on and on and on. But guess what he says? but I have overcome the world. I've overcome it. I've overcome it all. Jesus speaks to then the storms in our hearts. So you, even though there's problems out there, but you be filled with joy. There's anxiety and there's stress out there, but you be filled with peace. You, why? Because on him are, because, uh, because of him, his favor rests on us. That's where we receive peace. Though there is tribulation in the world, that does not mean that you need to have anxiety 
and fear in your heart. That's why he says, fear not, a Savior has been born. We receive good news about the end of the story. You know, in the middle uh, in the middle of the story, there are scary chapters. And we're going through a scary chapter, but all it is is a scary chapter. You need to be reminded of how the story ends so that you can have peace for the chapter that you are in. You see, if you know the end of the story, you can be reminded of that story. You can have peace for the chapter, for the tribulation, for the struggle, the challenge that you're in today. Peace receivers are peacekeepers, and peacekeepers are peace bringers. Let me say that again. Peace receivers are peacekeepers, and peacekeepers are peace bringers. You know, we live in a world where people don't know the end of the story. There's people that don't know Christ. They don't know the Messiah. They don't know our rescuer. And so we live in a time where many Christ followers are forgetting, even Christ followers, are forgetting that a Savior was born to us. They are forgetting the end of the story. They're not living in such a way where we have a rescuer coming. They're not living in such a way knowing that a Savior is coming. They say, oh my God, we're perishing. They believe that crazy guy that keeps coming back and forth and giving us that, that, that news. And you know what the Lord would say to us? If, we, if someone's telling us, oh my God, we're perishing, and you start saying, oh my God, we're perishing, you know what Jesus would say to you? Ye of little faith. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Because whatever storm that you are in, because of the peace of Christ who lives in your hearts, our personal storms can be calmed because of Christ. Us. Don't let the storm out there become a storm in here. And then number three, we need to remember this, that he is above all. He's above all. All of this, everything, he's above all. Not only is Jesus the Savior, but he is also Lord of all. Psalms 46 verse 10 says this, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He's above it all. He's exalted among all the nations. He's exalted, uh, amongst all, exalted in all the earth. That means Jesus is above all of this. He is Lord. He is above all these things. And the question I have to ask you, if, I, if you say, yes, I believe you, he is above all of this, I have to ask you this question. What is all of this for you? What is the this? You need to be reminded that the Lord is above. I will be exalted among the nations. He is the Lord of lords. He's the King of kings. You know, they, they thought at this time that he would be uh, the, the, the political ruler, but instead he was even greater than the, 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 the circumstantial politics of those times. And aren't you glad? He's greater than, than that. Instead, he was the Messiah of all. You know, it's, it's really powerful to be reminded that peace has a posture. Uh, peace has uh, uh, something that we can see, that we can, uh, that, that's tangible. What is what is the posture of peace? What does it say in this verse? Be still. You know that? That the one who is still is the one who has peace. They, they don't move. They don't freak out. They don't take control. They don't jump ship. But peace on those whose favor rests. Peace on those whose favor rests. Peace on those who believe. Peace on those who have relationship with God. They're still. And they know that he is God. That he's above all of he is. He's above all of it. So I can just be still, knowing that he is God, and I am not. Because Jesus is the King of kings, and he is the Prince of Peace. He is. And the Prince of Peace is in us. And so we can live our life above it all, above the tribulation, 
above the challenge, above the turmoil. You see, we need to not only know that we have the favor of, favor of the Lord, but we need to walk in the favor of the Lord. And walking in the favor of the Lord is having peace while being in a world that is experiencing tribulation. That's walking in the favor of the Lord. I have peace. Tribulation, I'm walking in this world, world of tribulation, but I'm walking, I'm walking in it. He's above all of it, and he's lifting me above it. Now, I wish that we weren't impacted by the tribulation. I wish that we didn't feel the cold wind or, or the rain that comes down or whatever circumstances or things that we're in. Why? Because we, but we live in this world, but our hope is not in the world. Our hope is in a resurrected Christ. His peace on us doesn't fix the world of his challenges, but instead he gives us the peace and the ability to celebrate while we walk in the storms, while we walk in the challenges. He lifts us above it all. You know, I, I wanted to conclude with this picture, and I think this is really a powerful picture for us to go into this uh, Christmas season, the celebration season, is to have this picture of uh, the manger scene. Because all the, the crazy, all the tribulation, all the chaos, this was a moment uh, where you, you have mother and child. You know, you, they're, they're in this, this kind of this barn type of situation, you know, and there's shepherds coming. And what you have is this picture of perfect peace in the midst of what I would call crazy uh, chaos and tribulation. Perfect peace. My encouragement is, is that we need to realize that God's favor rests on us and that we need to find that place of peace in us. As we go into this, uh, the, the season of celebration, the season of Christmas, we need to be able to find that peace, but not like just a place of peace, even though I, th I feel like you know, context is a part of it, location is a part of it, but more importantly, it's who is in us. Re being reminded of the, uh, the favor of God, the favor of Christ, that he has come to be with us to give us peace in our life, in our situation, who we are. It doesn't matter the situation, the circumstance, the trials. We have the peace of Christ, the Prince of Peace in us. He is with us as we go into this Christmas season, this season of celebration. Well, I want to invite you to uh, get out your communion elements, and I hope that you have them with you. Because I'm, I'm reminded that you know, as we take communion, we are, uh, again, asking for the Prince of Peace to, to dwell in us, to live inside us, to, to, to actually, you know, sometimes flush out the anxiety, the stress, the pressure, the worry, and to allow his peace to reign inside of us. So let's do that together. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 26. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for the brokenness uh, that you uh, took on on our behalf. Though we have uh, the, the reason for, um, for, for uh, trial and persecution and, and imprisonment and even death, it says in your, your word that the wages of sin, sin is death. And, and, and what stress, what anxiety, what pressure, uh, what, what, what oppression that we would have received because of our choices and our decisions uh, it says in your word that you lift those things. You lift that burden from us and you bring healing to us that we can actually take on um, the, the righteousness of Christ as we receive, uh, receive this resurrection power inside of our life. So God, we, we thank you for Jesus and we thank you, Jesus, that you 
have uh, brought that healing in our life, that you would break it broken, that we would be made whole, and that you have given us the bread of life. Uh, and then in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup in the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. And Jesus, we thank you for the blood that was spilled, that it would be meant for the forgiveness of our sins, that we would be cleansed, that we would be purified, our sins would be remembered no more. That whatever uh, uh, burdens that we have on us, whatever stress, whatever uh, things of the past that might even try to come into our minds and our hearts, it might try to steal our joy because of your blood, because of your righteousness, that we can be purified of that, and that we can start anew, we can start afresh we can be renewed because of you in our life. We thank you for this gift of eternal life. We thank you for this love, and we thank you for this peace that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, everyone. Merry Christmas already. I hope you enjoy this great Christmas season, this season of celebration. Uh, keep the peace. God bless you.